Okay, welcome to latest United podcast for latest instalment. And the very first ever episode we ever did of the podcast was Keep or Sell. Um, seems a lifetime ago. I remember on that podcast I said um, sell Nemanja Matic because it's got Scott McTominay and uh, McTominay was going to take Matic's role. Um, here I am on this podcast probably be clamouring for Nemanja Matic to stay. But before we do that, we've also got Larry as always, but also Ahmad. Um, he's obviously been on the podcast probably well over a year ago, definitely well before um, coronavirus was a thing. Um, how are you, Ahmad? Yeah, doing well. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah. Big fan of the show, the, the pub cast, so it's uh, good to get on with the boys. No, pleasure. Just wish it was at the pub. Eventually, we'll definitely get back into that setting one day. But um, did you watch the derby match last night? I did. I messaged, uh, when I messaged you guys or tweeted you guys, and I was probably 20 minutes late, so I missed the first 20. I probably probably started watching just as uh, Chong had finished celebrating. His yeah, first well, I think I was the only person who didn't have a problem with the MUTV stream. Because there's a lot oh, of discussion sure. before the match. With, are you, do you have MUTV or are you going to get a dodgy stream? Like, are you with the Glazers or are you with against the Glazers? <laughs> I do have an MUTV stream. Everyone around, not just Australia, but around the world was having real troubles with it. You too, Larry. Yeah, well, Tom, I'm telling you, I've always said you've lived under a shell, deep under the sea with Patrick from, you know, obviously SpongeBob. And you obviously have a better connection than the rest of us. So like Emad, I had to go back and rewatch. A good chunk of that first half but and then when we went back live i would message you <clears throat> to my surprise um to heath chong actually managed to score a goal so there you go yeah no definitely it was a weird one chong because he obviously got the goal but his performance was definitely up for debate but imagine you have anything to discuss on the match because i remember the euros has been there the euros has been very exciting to watch but it's the euros it's its own little football holiday now that man united are back and i was so excited for it Sat down, made a night of it. Okay, Man United back, really excited. Then five minutes into the match, I was there and going, oh, yeah, okay, it's pre-season. I've realised how boring this is. So is there anything from the match that you take from it? Um, I think you just hit the nail on the head. It's pre-season, first game of pre-season. We're not going to – we can't expect to see the, the big stars that were there in the Euros. Um, they're all on a well-deserved break. Um, yeah, just expected to see what we saw. You know, a couple of yeah. young guys coming in and we can't expect too much from the first game of the season or pre-season. Uh, I, th I think that's what it looked like in terms of, I think we try and nitpick things. We try and look at, okay, this, this player is going to now make it because he had a good performance, etc. But, um, yeah, at the end of the day, it is solely about fitness. And, yeah, that, that, that's what it looked like. Even for Derby, I think Derby, the commentator was saying that pretty much half their team was a trialist. Like half the team sort of weren't actually, actually looked pretty good. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're a good team. Yeah, um, obviously, they, they had a tricky season last year. But, um, yeah, it's always sort of, especially when a former manager, but especially a former manager, or sorry, former player in the mould of Wayne Rooney, it's exciting to watch how they go. Um, my main highlight of the day was seeing the photo of Solskjaer and Rooney, Larry. Um, Rooney and Ronaldo, what's the age difference again? Four months, five months. Um, <laughs> you want to talk about the mould of Wayne Rooney, I'm telling you, I can, I can draw the mould. It's kind of like this. <laughs> He is enjoying retirement, Sir Wayne Rooney is. And you know what? He's earned it. Fair, fair credit to the guy. He's had a hell of a career. But, um, yeah, it, it's crazy to think. I don't know if it's a criticism of Rooney or a praise of Ronaldo. But there's we'll two extremes there. <laughs> we'll, we'll say it's a praise of Ronaldo. But what it is, um, this episode, obviously, keep and sell. So we're going to, or keep, loan or sell. So we're going to go through pretty much every play. Not the players like Dijon Bernard and Ethan Galfbraith, sort of players like that. But the players in and around the first team. 
and literally keep loan or sell and we'll have a debate amongst each other. Now, we'll try and keep it realistic. We won't just say sell all the players because suddenly the team's only got 15 players left in the squad. So do have to balance your argument out, etc. But also in the comments, whenever we <laughs> name a player, throw your opinions on that player um, up as well. I thought the first topic would just would just sort of sort of smash out these names and it'll be quite straightforward. However, the debate does really start um, in a controversial fashion. Goalkeeper. We'll start on David De Gea, Larry. Um, we will get into Dean Henderson, but we'll start on De Gea. Where do you go for it? Like, I, I want to keep it solely on him, but you do have to obviously take into consideration the debate, what we're going to say with Dean Henderson. Yeah, I think there's a few things to take into consideration with David De Gea. His salary being the most obvious one. A goalkeeper who is the highest paid player in the Premier League. That's worth remembering, guys, and it's substantial wages. I'm split on this one, um, but I lean more towards stay. Um, and the reason for that is taking the debate aside, he is still, for me, a better goalkeeper than Dean Henderson. Simple as. Yeah, well, Rob, here goes both keepers will stay. And I'll, I think it comes down to me before I go to a mad. If I always make the analogy saying, okay, if we have a cup final tomorrow, Champions League final tomorrow, God knows when we'll be in that again. But I'm saying, who's your goalkeeper for that match? Dean Henderson or David De, David De Gea? It's De Gea for me. I think he's the better goalkeeper. That's not to say Dean Henderson can't be a future great number one. But at the moment, I want to win tomorrow. And Dean, um, for me, David De Gea is the better goalkeeper. But I'll go to you, Mad. Your thoughts? Uh, I'd keep, 100% keep David De Gea. Um, no. I don't know what we'd do with Henderson, and I don't know, I don't know what other squads look like. But we, for the last couple of seasons, we've looked like we've got a lot of goalkeepers on the books there. Have yeah, we well, just, just offered, put the comment there? Well, have we just not offered Lee Grant an, another year? We have. Well, Lee, Lee Grant has signed a new contract. Tom Heaton obviously <laughs> played last night and actually played quite well. I thought Tom Heaton. But um, it, it is an interesting um, debate. We won't go into the Lee Grant and Tom Heaton situation because obviously they've just signed new contracts. They're definitely going to stay. But the goalkeeping situation with um, Henderson and De Gea is interesting. Now, all three, of us said, all, all three have just said then for David De Gea to stay. I think that, that's pretty straightforward. However, that obviously does throw the elephant in the room there saying Dean Henderson. So, Mad, if you're keeping David De Gea, what are you doing with Dan Henderson? Is he someone you would keep as a two? Or if the decision is to keep De Gea, you'll get in rid of Dean Henderson? No, we, you keep De Gea, but with Henderson, like, he's good enough to be a number one keeper at a different club. I Look, I think if we had a keeper other than De Gea, you know, someone maybe the likes of a, uh, I don't know, who's the equivalent of Roy Carroll? Oh, God. Uh, who was I talking to Roy Carroll about the other day? He, he, he was a first-choice goalkeeper for a while. If we had a Roy Carroll and a Henderson, I'd say keep Henderson and you'd, you'd ship off Roy Carroll. Yeah. So, <clears> but, well, uh, Do you think that is the thinking, Larry, behind Tom Heaton coming in? Because Tom Heaton, I'd maybe put in that category of Roy Carroll sort of thing. And Tom Heaton, is, if you talk to goalkeepers, not that I talk to goalkeepers, <clears> if you do hear interviews with goalkeepers, they're always full of praise of Tom Heaton. They say he's one of the technically best goalkeepers around. Now, obviously, at the end of his career, he's not going to displace anyone as number one. Mm. But can you see the arrival of Heaton really meaning, okay, he's going to be number two or is Tom Heaton a third-choice keeper? Oh, it's a really difficult one. I think I have no doubt Manchester United's intention is to sell one of those goalkeepers. When I say one of those, it's obviously between De Gea and Anderson. Um just their wages alone, they're both first-team player wages um, and starting goalkeeper wages, essentially. 
I agree with Emad. I think in an ideal scenario, United would look to sell. I actually think United, if it was up to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I actually think he'd like to sell De Gea. Um, now, whether we agree with that or not, I, I think that's his intention. And I go off that base of what we saw at the end of last season. You saw that Henderson was trusted. Now, there are a number of circumstances around that. Of course, De Gea was in Spain attending to the birth of his first child. There was a little bit of a period there. He had to come back, self-isolate, etc. So, yes, you can justify why Henderson got a start. It wasn't as clear-cut as to say De Gea was dropped. But in saying that, I think you don't offer Dean Henderson the wages you offer that United did if you didn't intend for him to be first choice. So I think ideally that they'd like to sell off De Gea, but for me, you have to sell one of them. So if it was if, for the purpose of this debate, yes, I would be selling Henderson. He's English. He's younger. Definitely got a longer career ahead of him versus De Gea. He's the most sellable asset if you're talking about goalkeepers. Yeah, no, look, it's hard to argue. And for me, again, if I'm in the camp of David De Gea, which I am, <laughs> it does mean sell Dean Henderson. Now, ideally, you'd send him on loan. However, the situation in his career and the stage is that a loan doesn't really make sense. If I could send him on a five-year loan and he was happy to do that and come back, that would be ideal. So in an ideal scenario, if I'm playing football manager, I'd send him, I'd sell him, but I'd be really sort of forthright in making sure there was some type of buyback, buyback clause that would um, ensure in six, seven years when De Gea retires, if we do want Dean Henderson, if we are looking for number one goalkeeper, we do have that option. But um, it is interesting. We'll now go through some of the other players, well, the rest of the players. Some of these should be pretty straightforward. Some will be up for debate, um, much like the goalkeeping situation. Now, first off the rank, someone you're a big fan of, Ahmad, uh, Victor Lindelof. I think Larry and I have both come around that he'll be it's, – it's a definite keep for both of us. However – how do you see his situation now regarding Harry Maguire's obviously captain and he's, he's the main one there? Very likely, or who knows what the situation will be with Varane, but we're definitely going to get a centre-back most likely, hopefully Varane, which then knocks Lindelof into the, on the bench pretty much in the sort of that first choice backup um, centre-back. First of all, how do you think that affects him on the pitch? Do you think he can do that role? And personally for him, is that something that he's going to really accept? Or do you think if he does get knocked down the pecking order, he'll start to consider his spot at United. I think all those factors will come into consideration. If you're the, uh, if you're one of the starting centre-backs, which he is at the moment, and you're playing for the biggest club in the world, and then you're, you're seeing the reports of someone, you know, with the class and the likes of uh, Rafael Varane coming in, of course it's going to hurt your confidence and, and you know, hopefully it makes him a bit hungrier to, uh, to try and keep his spot and, and not let Varane knock him down to the bench, but I, I doubt that's going to happen. He's a World Cup winner. I mean, his resume there speaks for itself. He's won the Champions League, what is it, four times with Real Madrid. Um, Lindelof doesn't really have many titles to, to his resume. So, look, it's a tough one because I am a big fan of Lindelof and I I don't know, I see aspects to his game that maybe some, some, of, the, some of the fans don't see. Um, I don't know, as a, if you're a proper professional, you're going to take it on the chin and just take your chance when it comes. I mean, we've seen that with a lot of players in the past uh, at United, you know, that more than happy to sit on the bench and our manager's one of them. You know what yeah. it is with Lindelof, Emad, and I agree with everything you're saying there. I think he's just, he's sort of cursed in the sense, or unlucky in the sense that Harry Maguire was an 80 million pound investment. Because I think if you put Rafael Varane next to Lindelof, you could also make a case to say that that's a premiership winning defence. But the problem with for Lindelof is... You don't invest £80 million into an English defender, make him your captain, and then make him third choice. 
he has to start, rightly or wrongly. Um, I, look, I think Maguire, Varane is an obvious premiership partnership. And I think if you're choosing those three players, taking salary or transfer fee out of account, they are the ones you'd be picking. But yeah, it, it is a bit harsh for Lindelof, but in saying that, what a wonderful what a wonderful point of riches it is for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100% agree with you there, Larry. Look, at the start when Maguire first came in, look, and, I, and, I, and I've tweeted this on, on your uh, on one of your t- uh, tweets before, like I'm happy to, you know, bite the bullet and, and apologise to the bloke. I wasn't a big fan of Maguire when he first came in. And I heard a lot of people saying, oh, we need someone to compliment him and, and compliment his lack of pace, which... I think the word compliment was the wrong the wrong term used. It was more compensate. You know, yeah. like things there were there were things and aspects to his game where he was so short of being or living up to that eighty mil price tag. It was very frustrating for me as a United fan to keep watching him. And then he had the armband on and pissed me off even more. But then <laughs> he came with there was a turning point, and I think it was after the whole Greece incident where He's gone on leaps and bounds. And then watching him play for England, even though, you know, I wasn't sort of backing in England in the Euros, watching him play for England, man, he um, he was head and shoulders. Yeah. Well, just two comments here. And I think as these two comments here pretty much sum up the reasoning why I think that um, he's almost the best choice third back, the best sort of third choice centre-back. I remember Chris Smalling was always that. You'd think, okay, Chris Smalling is good not quite that premiership, but in terms of that backup centre-back, he's almost ideal, and hopefully that is where Lindelof falls into that category now. And George says, Lindelof will be handy in the Champions League. Generally, he performs well in Europe, and weaknesses are only really exposed against those big physical strikers, not so much in Europe. And Sam goes, Lindelof's technical reading of the game is second to none, defends the channel very well, but he just scares me at set pieces. Varane brings a whole level, um, whole extra level to our defence. Now we'll move on. Um, we'll get, definitely go back and well, we'll stay in the centre back partnership. We'll go Lindelof, sort of main enemy. I think you can maybe put him in that category. Eric Bay, I've had enough. Um, Larry, <laughs> it's it, it's a sell for me. Look, there are there are times when I get frustrated with Victor Lindelof. I see all the pros <clears> in Eric <throat> Bay, then when I see Eric Bay come in, it's a no for me. Um, if the option is there to sell him, um, I'm very happy to let him go. Yeah, I'm with you there, mate. Um, I think Bay is a sellable asset. I think there's obviously upside to him. I think he's going to be, at the end of his career, he's going to be one of those players where you put into the, he had potential, but he never quite fulfilled it. I I think that's where we stand with Eric Bay. And uh, like Imad does, his best impersonation of sign guy, um, sell is the right right move for me. I think that we have enough riches at centre-back that you can cover Eric Bay's departure, if you like. Would you be in that camp, Ahmad? Oh, yeah, sell him. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Now, I think maybe the most intriguing um, player in this debate, I'll stay with you, Ahmad, Sir Philip of Jones. Um, where do you stand <laughs> on his situation? And look, is there a debate to be had? Or maybe not so much what should happen. What do you think does happen? God knows. When when does his bloke's contract ever run out? Yeah. Well, no, I think he has a new one, doesn't he? Well, not a new what's, one. What's but the, what's well, the no, he yeah, he signed a three-year deal. So he'd have What's a ten year at the club game called. What do they call that again? Testimonial. Yeah. Give him his testimonial, mate, and ship him out, please. <laughs> I feel sorry well, for him. You know, I do too. And uh, that quote of his that he doesn't want a testimonial because he knows no one will turn up, only his mum and dad. Look, <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but <laughs> it's heartbreaking. But fucking sell him. Well, Larry, I'll go to that. Okay, we all sit here and say, okay, get rid of him. 
can you see a situation where the club can offload him, or do you think it's just he's just going to sit here? His wages are too good. Like his personal drive to be a professional footballer and get out there and I guess leave some sort of legacy toward his career because at the moment, let's be honest, he's a laughing meme, he's a joke. You go online and there's that infamous face of his where he looks like he could scare someone breaking into your house. Like he needs to start thinking about his own legacy and what he'll leave in terms of the game. At the moment, all you could say about Phil Jones is, sure, premiership winner, had potential, got an outrageous link to Duncan Edwards, been injured for seven out of the ten years of his United career. He needs to start thinking about that. Now, that's the professional side. On the second side, and if I'm putting myself in Philip Jones' shoes, he's earning a ridiculous amount of money that no one else would pay him half of. He keeps getting deals when he shouldn't have, and he can sit tight, make £160,000 per week, smoke a cigar and watch United front row every week for free. Pretty sweet deal. I think he'll just ride out until his contract expires. Yeah, no, I think the smart money would be um, on Phil Jones being here next season and around Christmas time we'll hear that he's recovered from an injury and should be back in the new year. Now, some players, next one, Harry Maguire, okay, obviously key. Um, The next one, though, Diego Delo. Interesting. Matt, what do you think happens there? Or, or what, what would you do if you're Solskjaer? Are you thinking, I want to go invest in right, a backup right back? Or do you think instead of spending money on a backup, um, keep Delo around if he's happy to do so? Well, if the reports around Kieran Trippier are true and we're bringing him in, I think he'd be a good you know, good competition for Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Um, if, if those rumours aren't true and we're not bringing in a right back, I'd be keeping Delo. I think he's quite good on the ball. I think he can, he can, he can go all right. Well, I think he's one of those ones that um, he's that play. If he can combine with Aaron Wan-Bissaka, and if you had, took the attributes of Delo and put him with Wan-Bissaka, it'd be the perfect right back. It's just a shame that they're two different players. Yeah, I agree. Like you're not gonna. I don't think Delo is gonna do for Wan-Bissaka what Tele's done for sure. But I'm more. Yeah. I'm talking more in the aspects of. You know, if Juan Basaka gets injured, who are you going to put there? You're not going to put Brandon Williams there, like, unless you, I don't know, Larry. Would you take Williams over the low? I'm t- I'm having too much of a good time reading so through some of these comments. Um, I, I'd sell Delo. Um, I personally wouldn't keep either of them if I'm being honest. Uh, and sorry, Tom, I'm I'm breaking the mold here, and I'm just going to chuck Brandon Williams in. Um, look, in the interest of time, it's probably best that I do that anyway. But. I wouldn't be keeping Delo. I think he's he performed well enough at AC Milan where he's got a resale value now, and I also think he showed his level. And that's not a, a criticism of him. I think he definitely offers something going forward that Wan-Bissaka obviously doesn't have to his game, but defensively he just struggles with the pace of the English game. I just – he's, he's young you enough where you don't want to write him off, but I just – I don't you still see both of them without bringing someone else in, though? Well, I've been I've said countless times. I rate I rate Ethan Led. Um, I know we didn't get to see him yesterday, but he's a young he's a young fullback who I'm telling you, mate. He's got the physicality. Like he's not a lean body, he's a solid size lad. He's got pace. He defends well. He's the one who I actually think has a higher ceiling than Wambasaka, if I'm being entirely honest. But he hasn't been given an opportunity. He's the one I'd be backing, but I'm not part of the coaching staff. So. Yeah, well, moving across fullback. Okay, Luke Shaw's obviously a keep. Um, I'll just quickly go to Ahmad. It's definitely a keep for me, but Alex Tellers, you'd definitely be happy for him to keep challenging Luke Shaw, or do you see something in the links to Roma? Uh, I hope we don't give him to Roma. Whatever yeah. Jose asked for, just 
these ones. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, you don't want to be giving Jose any favours. Yeah. Aaron Wambasaka, obviously keeping. I think Ted and Mengi, um, you assume, just go send him out on loan. Um, I, I, he played last night. You don't think anything, a real future for him there in the first time, especially if we're going to be bringing in a £50 million World Cup winner. Yeah, send Larry? him on loan. Larry, anything on Mengi? I think he'll go on loan and it's the right move. He's 19 years of age. He's done well in the championship. I think another loan in the championship would serve him well. Um, the last defender, Axel Tuanzebi, maybe a little bit of a different kettle of fish, especially compared to, to Domingue, but he is linked with a uh, move away, especially on loan. And it sounds it's from Tuanzebi's side of things. I think United want to keep him around. Maybe he's that third or, fourth, or maybe fourth choice centre-back. But it's seeming the push is coming from Tuanzebi. Um, what do you think happens in this situation, Ahmad? Uh, Twins, AB, look, I think he's got what it takes and I just don't think he gets enough game time and, you know, to, to get that good, consistent run of form. Um, Has he been fit to warrant that, though? No, he probably hasn't. You know, like, after that PSG uh, PSG game last year in the Champions League and we were all pushing for him to get some more game time and then he never got it and then, well, was there an injury after that? I don't know. Like, there was a period he was making a few mistakes, in fact. And I'm with you. I think Toyn Zabi has the potential to be a world-class defender, but the ship is sailing for him. I, actually, I, I lean towards a loan for Toyn Zabi. I think, look, we've all agree that Bay's the one that you'd like to sell, but realistically, I don't think that's going to happen. So if we're going to look at with what we have and what we expect to happen, I think he's the one that you do loan, and he, he needs to go to a good Premier League side and put in a good, consistent season where he's predominantly injury-free and he's a dominant player. Because if he doesn't do that, I think this time next season doing this video, it's going to be a sell. He's at a really crucial point in his career, Axel. Yeah, it's a tough one, which is why I think it's probably the reports seem accurate that it's him pushed for this move. I think he is the one desperately in need of football. Now, we'll move on from the defenders and on the midfielders. We might as well start on the main topic. Um, Paul Pogba. I'll go to a mad first in terms of you have to take everything into consideration. You have to take in the contract, his value, what he brings to the team or what he doesn't bring to the team. Um, where do you sit currently on the situation with Pogba? I'd keep him. Um, I know the circus that comes with him is just never ending and every international break, either him or his, uh, his agent say something where, you know, sparks a the furor amongst them, amongst the fans. Um, I'd keep him. This season, he looked like he probably enjoyed it the most since he's come back, you know, and yeah. he looked like, especially since Mourinho's gone, but this season looked like he was really enjoying his football at United and he went through a, a rich vein of form there. He was banging in goals. He was uh, running the show <laughs> deep from, from deep midfield and, free roaming. I, I enjoy having him there. I think he still has a lot more to contribute to the squad and to the team. And I think we just need to stick with him. You know, I wouldn't be selling. Like, we're not going to get the hundred million pound that we paid for him. Well, what, what do you think, Larry? Do you think, in, put your business hat on, okay, you want to keep Paul Pogba the player. If you were the manager, you know what the Glazers or Solskjaer or Pogba himself will do. If you were the manager now, thinking of next year's budget, thinking who you want to bring in next year, how you see a future Man United midfield looking, what are you doing with Paul Pogba this year? If you can't give him a contract now and you're going to risk it at the end of the season, are you keeping him on now or it's just cut the ties now? <laughs> I think 
You give Paul Pogba. Show us the number again. That's number 10 in Mbappe. That's <laughs> it, not is, Pogba. it is a number 10. Look, I am an Mbappe fan. I like Mbappe. Hey, good players miss penalties, all right, including Paul Pogba. And the you hair. find a briefcase the size and as big as France and you offer it to Paul Pogba. You keep him at all costs. Robert said it right there in the comments. He's one that you have to keep. We're seeing all this talk around United moving to a 4-3-3. That means nothing if Paul Pogba doesn't stay. We're, we're finally, finally building a side. Poster Alex Ferguson, capable of winning the Premier League. I don't think that's a conversation if the Frenchman doesn't stay. You keep Paul Pogba at all costs. It doesn't matter what it costs. You make it happen. Yeah, no, look, look I'm very much coming around to that. Fully understand the arguments people want to get rid of Paul Pogba. But at the end of the day, okay, the business side is one thing. Contracts are one thing. The game is played on grass, and Paul Pogba is good on the football field, and he's better than any midfielder we have. Um, obviously, Bruno's probably better, but in terms of a footballer, you'd argue that Pogba is our best player. Unfortunately, he just needs to turn up a little bit more often. Um, we'll go through the midfielders. Matt is obviously staying. Another controversial one. After his performance um, last night against Derby, it looks like Jesse Lingo could have a future. Is that right, Ahmad? What do you see of his performance thinking? Did he show something to Solskjaer or it's just, okay, a good performance, he's fit, the club and Lingard himself should still be looking to move on? I personally think Lingard will be looking to move on. Like He looked like he was really enjoying himself at West Ham and not so much at United you know, before he went over there. Um, look, he's a, he'd be a good squad player to have, but I don't think he'd want to be on the bench and, and be, become a, be a squad player. I think he'd want to be starting and... You don't see him starting at United, with the, especially with the, the players we have. He'd be starting at the likes of West Ham or one of the you know the lesser clubs. So, I don't know, for his sake, like we, I think you guys mentioned it in one of the, the podcasts um, probably not, not so long ago. Yeah. He looks happier there. He looks happier away from United. So, yeah, no. yeah, definitely. Well, we, we did have that podcast a few weeks ago, Larry and I, talking about... Um, Lingard was sort of going through his career and, and was sort of happy for him to stay, but ultimately for his career, um, it was best, I think, if if he does move on, whether that be West Ham or someone else, um, time will tell. But he, he was good against Derby. He's probably a bright spark, I thought, in the game. So, unfortunately, missed that shot to hit the crossbar. But moving on, maybe in the Phil Jones category, um, I'll go to you first, Larry. Andres Pereira. Did you see his first pass, his first touch <laughs> yesterday in the second half? Put it out for yeah, throwing. Yeah, it's a Rosette. From... Really good, yeah. Um, I'd, I'd be selling Pereira. You know, he's a frustrating player because he, you look at him and he has all the ability in the world to do whatever he wants in this game. He really does. His technical ability is second to none, but what, what's happening between the years, is just it's not there for him. And it's a shame because you, there were moments in that game where you look at him in that deep six, you could see potential for him to actually play well in that position. Absolutely. He had moments there where you're like, oh, actually, he looks comfortable. He occupies good spots, but it's done for Pereira. I think he, he had a really good opportunity when under Oli's first full season in charge, he played a heap of football. Phenomenal against Chelsea in that opener where we won 4-0. He hasn't put in a good performance for United since. Do you think United can offload him, Ahmed? Or do you think it's a case of it might unfortunately have to be another loan? I think we can offload him. You know, one of those lesser clubs down there in uh, in Italy. Where was he? Was he at Lazio? Lazio. I don't mm. see an issue with sending him there. Yeah, no, fingers crossed. Now, another one, this isn't going to happen. He's not going to be sold. 
if I had ideal full control over the club, I would sell him. Um, it doesn't make so much sense in terms of the balance of our squad at the moment. But if I had complete control of a football manager save, Fred is on the transfer list for me. Um, Larry, um, weigh up everything in terms of what you think of the player, but also in terms of the situation of our squad. Um, what are you seeing in the Fred situation? I'd keep him for one more season, um, just until Ghana or Levitt or both are ready. That, that's only look. Fred's not a bad player. I think if he's a squad player who plays twenty games for United, I don't think we're complaining because you look at his performances over last season. It was quite good. One uh, one every five or six games, he had an error in him that led to a goal. So you simply put, you limit the amount of games he plays. You play him against the likes of Manchester City against Liverpool, where you're going to need that work rate in midfield. No one will be complaining. But the issue is when he's starting week in, week out. So, no, I'd be keeping Fred. I think there's a place for him. It's just obviously not in the starting 11 week in, week out. How about you, Ahmed? Oh, I agree with Larry on this one. I'd keep him for another season. Um, regarding the other two boys, I don't I don't really see a future for them at United. Eh? I, I, I feel that these young academy players, like for, for what we're trying to build, I don't think we're in a... We're not in an era where, or an era where we can rely on, or have just like wait for this, you know, bright spark from the from the academy to come through. I think we're in a time now where we're looking to buy superstars, already made superstars. We can't we can't wait for that seed to grow anymore. And I don't I don't see a future for those two young boys at United. And well, I'll keep them for a season. Yeah, well, just on the young players, I wouldn't call it a myth, but um, in terms of – it's not a myth, but with Sir Alex Ferguson, in terms of he had such the, such his aura of always bringing through the young players and giving young players a chance, which he did do. But in terms of his record, you look back in these last 10 years, Darren Fletcher came through. Could you really name someone else who really came through the youth ranks and had a real career at United? Like Wes Brown was there, Darren Fletcher, John O'Shea. Other than that, there weren't too many. I'm sure this might maybe a really obvious one I'm forgetting about, but there weren't too many. So very rarely does a player come through and have a career. Uh, Marcus Rashford is the current one. Mason Green was just at the start of it. It's a very rare occasion. And we actually at the moment at United have quite an influx of that. You have Rashford, you have Greenwood, you have Scott McTominay, etc. You potentially have Dean Henderson. Who knows, some people could throw Paul Pogger in that discussion. But it is very rare. So when you do see Dylan Levin or James Garner, you are hopeful but if you look back at the evidence, you really think, well, it doesn't often happen. So it is quite a long shot for them. But we'll say on Jim, Jimmy Garner, I'll just quickly go to Larry Jimmy Garner. I think standard loan, or do you think you do try to keep him around? Or yeah, it's a hard one with Garner. He, he, I'm a fan. You know, I thought he played well yesterday. I thought he was one of our better players in that first half. I, I think it will be a loan. Um, but you know, I wouldn't complain if he was kept around the squad. Yeah, no, well, it will be hard. I think he, he's really on trial this preseason. Um, we'll be interested to see how he goes. But players like Bruno, definitely, um, he's obviously staying. Ahmad, do you think you'd like to see him round, or do you think Ahmad he, um, he goes on loan? I think loan would be his best his best option for, for where was he? Was that Forest? Was it? Oh no, no, I'm sorry, I moved on to Diallo. Ahmad Diallo. Oh, oh Diallo, no, keep him around. Definitely yeah. keep him around. Sorry. Do, do you think? Around. Do you think Larry? Obviously, I think quality-wise, yeah, you definitely want to keep him around. But it sounds like all the reports seem to suggest the club do want to sort of maybe guarantee first-team football elsewhere for a season. Yeah, I actually think a loan might be the right move for Diallo. I think he just he needs to play a lot of football, uh, men's football. 
And I don't think he's going to get that at United, assuming all our attacking options stay. Um, and, and I totally agree with you around his quality. I think as a footballer, he is better than the likes of Dan James, for example. But Dan, Dan James is probably more reliable at this point in his career. I think at the end of the day, while Diallo's ceiling is, well, he's definitely got a high amount of potential. I think his goal against AC Milan shows that. But he's just one where I just don't see him getting a lot of football. With the likes of Dan James, you've got Martial, who we think will be deployed in the wider positions this season, Rashford, and then Greenwood through the middle. I just, I just don't see a lot of football for him, unfortunately. Well, the name you mentioned there, I'll just go to the next player for Ahmad there, is um, Dan James. Um, in an ideal world, I, look, I'm happy to keep him. I think I'll definitely keep him as a player. However, if I was a club, I'd be looking to sell him. I'd say, is anyone out there wanting, wanting Dan James? And if they do come in with money, I'd say I'd happily sell him. But if not, if no one comes in and sort of matches United's valuation, I'd be saying, okay, keep him in there. Because you just look, I've got my whole mind set on this first game against Leeds United. You look at last season, he came in against Leeds United and was a pivotal role in sort of smashing them. So you're obviously not going to keep a player for one game of the season. But I do see value in having Dan James around the squad. But if an offer does come in, um, I definitely wouldn't be um, sort of holding him back. I'd definitely let him go. What do you think, Ahmad? Yeah, somewhat agree there as well. Um, depends. Well, what would you value him? Yeah, well, it's hard. Um, yeah. Look, I think United will play 120 million for him. For me, I think it's close to around 10 million. Yeah, man, I'd sell him for 10. Yeah. Probably get some change back as well. Larry? Who needs a director of football when you have you two? <laughs> exactly. Um, well, the long one who probably stole the show yesterday, besides Jesse Lingard, um, young Facundo mm-hmm. Palestri, scored a good goal. Um, everyone seems to think he's the next Lionel Messi. And I, so, so, <laughs> I, I, that, I thought it was one or two little banter things. But then I've seen proper accounts having actual discussions about the comparisons, and I was thinking, oh, my God. I'm very happy he scored a goal. I do like the player. I think he's a very good player. He obviously got a lot of talent. I'm not sold on him. But I think he's good. I just can't see a future where he's a Manchester United player. Ahmad, your thoughts on Palestri? Yeah, I agree there. I think he's got the talent and well, he does have talent, but I don't see I don't see a future for him at the club. But that's how I also feel about the other the other young guys as well. I actually feel sorry for the young boys that we're that we're getting, especially like Palestri and Diallo. We've paid such big amounts of money for players their age, mm-hmm. um, especially with Diallo's uh, transfer fee, there's a lot of pressure there. And to come into a club like Manchester United and then, I don't know, probably not make you, not make a career out of, out of there for yourself, it's must be hard. Yeah. No, Larry, your thoughts on Plessy? Because he did he did well yesterday. And he, he scored, obviously scored a very good goal show too. Ray set him up nicely. And he is one of those players who might be almost in that Lingard and James Garner category, almost really on trial for Solskjaer in these in these pre-seasons, but he was sort of unfortunate in, or not unfortunate, but in his post-match press conference, he was asked and he said, I'd like to stay at United. Two minutes later, Solskjaer came out and his post-match press conference said, yeah, we're looking to loan him out. Yeah, um, look, I think he will go out on loan. Um, like you guys, even if he is talented, how many players can make it at United? And we're really stacked in the attacking options, aren't we? Like you, we haven't we haven't touched on the likes of Alanga, Shalatire yet. Um, then you obviously got your mainstays in the first team. It, it's very difficult to make it as an attacking player at United at the moment. And we just signed Jaden Sancho, so yeah, who's mind you only two or three years older than him. So yeah. I think it's going to be hard for him, unfortunately. And I think he'll go on loan. All right. The next on the list is obviously stay, I think, for everyone in terms of the situation. Emmanuel Matic. Now, the next one would definitely be keep for both me and Larry. 
let's go to Ahmad on the situation. Donny van der Beek, um, in terms of obviously United are going to try and keep him. Let's give him give him one more chance. Um, but just where do you sit on um, his situation, considering how last year went? Yeah, feel, genuinely feel sorry for the guy. Um, I'd keep him. And not so much as in one more chance. I don't feel like we gave him a chance, to be mm. honest. Um, there's a reason why we bought him from from Ajax, and I think we still haven't been able to see that yet. So, no, I'd definitely keep him and give him a good run. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, look, I, I get very excited about players like that in the preseason. I always see a bright future, but I am excited about him this season. I think if he can get a run... With the likes of Fred coming back from the Cop America, Pogba, he's always late back from holidays, etc. So he, he could find himself in and around closer to the first team squad at the start of the season. So fingers crossed, Donny van der Beek can get the ball rolling because last season he scored our first goal of the year. Unfortunately, it was a three-one loss to Palace. But um, we'll, we'll touch on James Garner a little bit before about getting him on loan. Hannibal, I assume, is in the same category for a lot of people. Scott McTominay is almost definite keep for most people now. So I'll move into the forwards before we wrap up the podcast. Cavani is obviously staying in terms of his situation. Rashford is there. Greenwood is there. Um, the main debate, um, I won't go to Larry because we do know the answer, but Ahmad, um, Anthony Martial, um, if you're the manager, um, what are you doing with the Frenchman? Nah, keep him. Keep, keep yeah. him in there. There's, uh, there's too much talent just balled up in that in that kid to let him go. Yeah, no, Larry and I have discussed this to death. Um, while me personally, I'm sort of patience is wearing thin and I almost on that one last chance of giving one more season, it does come down to the fact what you just mentioned in terms of his talent. He's just got too much talent. Like, yeah, too much. I, I think we'd live to regret it. If he went somewhere else, we'd think, oh, God, we shouldn't have got rid of him um, because he is that player. As great as some of our attacking players are, he's someone who is just a little bit different. He has that X factor. He can do something that other players can't. Other players might have better numbers or contribute in certain ways, but Anthony Martial brings something different to the table. Well, and, definitely. Um, definitely. I don't care if he doesn't smile when he scores a goal or he doesn't hug his teammates or whatever the people want to see. I don't care. He is way too talented at his age to be letting go now. Like, just, I'd be keeping him. Yeah, no, no definitely. Problem. Well, I don't need to go to Larry because Larry is obviously keeping Anthony Martial and hoping he gets the captain's armband. Is that right? No, undoubtedly. Deserves the Ballon d'Or already, to be honest. Um, well, the, the last two players, Chong obviously scored the goal, and Chong, is that, his, his loan's actually confirmed to Berman, and that's a weird situation where the loan is confirmed, but he's actually going to do pre-season at United and then go um, off to Berman. I haven't really seen that done, I don't think, from memory, to actually make it official, which was an interesting one, but um, Solskjaer and the club obviously have their reasoning for do, to do so. But the last two players, Anthony Langa and Chouatire, I'll just say off the top of that, Shotero for me, I'd probably keep at the club just in terms of the 18s and 23s, let him develop there. Um, in, Tiny, in the isn't case it? Of it? Yeah, in the well, he, he, he looked a little bit big yesterday, but um, which he'll naturally grow. And he might be one of those players you just have to look at Scott McTominay. He was a small player all of a sudden, one year he shot up to six, whatever he is. So he might grow, but I think for Shotero, I would keep him at the club just in around the 18s and 23s, let him play. But Anthony Alanga. He's one that, yeah, if there's no future for him at United in the first team in regards to this season with James, with Sancho, with Rashford, Martial, he's one player who's probably physically ready for a loan, Larry. Yeah, he is. Um, I like Alenga. He, he didn't really get much of an opportunity yesterday to get on the ball, but he is a goal scorer from what we've seen of him in the under-23s. 
Good player. Um, I, I don't think he'll make it at United long term, and that has nothing to do with his talent. I think it's just one of those positions where United will always be linked to big names and be stacked, and you're only going to get... I, I think like, if you guys think about your time following United, seeing Rashford and Greenwood break in so close in terms of the, the time span, that's rare. That that doesn't happen. That In fact, I'll, I'll go as far as to say that hasn't happened since Class of 92 period where Giggs and Beckham comes in the year following that. So I, I don't see all of these players making it. I, I think he goes on loan as well. Yeah, we'll just finish it with you, Ahmad, there. In terms of both those players, Shoatire and, and um, Anthony Alanga, um, your thoughts? Yeah, again, agree with um, with what Larry said. You know, like what I was what I was mentioning before, and what I was trying to get at was: Are we? Is it detrimental to these young players bringing them in to the first team at their age and giving them sort of this false hope, or I don't know how to put it? Like we're putting them, at, you know, not up on a pedestal, but we're putting them in the in the in the shop window sort of thing for everyone to see. And then there's this big hype around them when we probably should be keeping them in the, the 23s and the 18s and let them develop more there before we bring them into the first team and then, say, send them out on loan. Yeah, no, well, I agree with you on a personal place. level, like as the person. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, Tom. Okay. Football's a business at the end of the day. I mean, it, it'll just come down to there is a saying in sport and it's the cream always rises to the top. And that's the thing. I think the elite players, the ones who are going to make it, it is a brutal industry football, more ruthless than probably any other industry out there. But the top players, you see it, they make it. You know, there, there's no doubt about Lionel Messi, as small as he was. Was there ever a doubt? Anyone who watched him, all his coaches, they all tell you this bloke was going to change the world of football. Same with Cristiano Ronaldo. The good players find a way. Uh, not everyone's built out to make it at United. Unfortunately, that's just the ruthless nature of it. You look at Chelsea. You've seen their juniors. They're stacked. They're stacked with players who could be playing first-team football all throughout the Premier League. But it's selfish, greed. But that's just football, unfortunately. The rich clubs get to take the best young talent, and it's up to them, really, to take their chances. Well, it's interesting. There's no real, and I'll just finish it on here, there's no real correct pathway for a young player to come through. Every player, as you say, is different. Every player will need certain challenges. They'll need certain guidance. They'll need... Only next year in the under 18s, though they might need to be fast tracked. You look at that; they need they'll all need a little bit of luck. You look at Marcus Rashford; he's not Marcus Rashford if Will Keane doesn't get injured in the, against Midgieland and Anthony Marshall doesn't get injured in the warm up. Um, he fast tracked the under 18s; he missed the 23s and went straight into the first team. Um, so some players just get that little bit of luck, a little bit of luck, and you, rightly so they have to take advantage of it. So there is no right or wrong thing. That's where you say, "Well, sure, Thierry, is it right to send him on loan or keep him at the club?" Who knows? And you only know the right answer at the end of the career. So we'll know the answer, the answer with Alanga and Shaltire in 20 years' time and we see if they've been successful or not. And you can see, well, they did the right thing by them in sort of introducing them into first-team football. That pretty much goes through all the players. There were players we sort of skipped over where there was sort of it was a pretty easy sort of discussion. Like yeah, you Bruno didn't ask me when we're going to sell Marcus Rashford, Tom. Come on. Well, we touched on Rashford a little bit. We just said there that he wouldn't have had a career if um, Anthony Martial didn't get injured against Midgieland. Like a master. Tommy, Tommy's the magician of the dark arts. I'm telling you guys. Like, you look at this happy, chappy bloke, hosts the podcast. I'm telling you, there's a dark mastermind on the other side of this camera. Well, I hope I, for Rashford's sake, I do hope he gets this surgery. It's interesting now the discussion coming out that the surgery is up in the air and it's. Um, if the club is saying it's not our decision, Rashford's sort of putting it on the club. I'm not sure what is going to happen there. 
but I think I speak for everyone. Um, while I do want to see Rashford back playing, I think it's best for everyone if he has two or three months off and fixes this injury, whatever it is. Yeah, I agree. I need two or three months off myself. Don't have enough yeah. annually for that, though. You don't have enough time on your hands now with lockdown? Here we are on a... No? No? No, I'm one of the, I'm one of the unfortunate people who's had to keep working through, so... How, how essential are you, Larry? Hey? How essential are you? Oh, I'm quite essential. Ask Tom. Ask our listeners. I like, to, I like to think I'm more important than I am. He's talking about being essential. You just talked about before he we went on air that you would inhale on a bucket of a porto or something. Yeah, yeah. Look at this. Where's, look at where's this. the plug? A porto chili sauce. I have finished this in the space of six days. So when you're hearing you're my ugh, too much you're proud chili, of yourself. I am. I am. Thank All you. Right. All right, we're just about to wrap up now then. So, again, thank you, everyone, for tuning in, um, leaving all your comments. Very much appreciative and also very interesting to hear the difference of opinions. Um, it's good to have a Matt on. Um, as I said, me and Larry agree on so many um, so many aspects of United, but it was good to get him back on the podcast. Hopefully we can do it back in person at the pub uh, once Sydney reopens. But um, if you did enjoy the video, please leave a like and subscribe to the video. That would be very much I'm appreciative. It's of, on Facebook as well, this video, so you might have enjoyed it on Facebook or YouTube, but this podcast will also be uploaded to your podcast app, so it'll be available to download and you can listen when you're getting your hourly, daily exercise when you walk the dog. But um, anything to else? Anything to add, lads? Uh, thanks for having me on, boys. Um, good, to, good to hear your voices and to see you both again. So here's to the next one, eh? Uh, pleasure. And Larry, anything to add? No, no, see you on the next one, mate. Got a big podcast, I'm sure, planned on Thursday. And who we got next? Queen's Park Rangers, I think it is. So the games yeah, are coming you, thick and fast. Well, there's a week between games now, so obviously a hard work, a hard week for the boys on the training ground. But, um, yeah, hopefully a sign-on or two to, to discuss on the next podcast. You assume, from what Solskjaer said, Jaden Sanjo is going to sign the next couple of days. So if there is a little bit of news there, we might go live with a quick 10, 15, 20-minute video. But until then, again, very thankful for everyone tuning in. Hopefully you enjoyed it, and we will chat to you again very shortly. Cheers.